Some good nip. Mmm, good nip. I got some good nip, yeah. <laughs> Do you ever think about baths? Oh, what? Where I just sit and lick myself? No, like the homing baths. Oh, the big wet place. The big wet place is like a bowl, but big. And they put water in it and then, then they sit in it. But they're not drinking from it. No. No. Is I know, like... They don't do their own hunting. Yeah. And they don't do um, most of the things themselves. Yeah. Do you think they they just gather all the licks somewhere and then just feed it through the the weird do metal tunnels? Not, do they not know how to do their own licks? I don't think they know how to do their own licks. Mm. Mm, so maybe they import the licks in through the metal pipe tunnel. And then, then there's there's just a big bowl of licks, and they get in. Mm. Maybe yeah. we need to be licking them more. Maybe so, because you know I bought them dead birds. I don't think they bought the ate the bird. Maybe they don't like that bird. Mm. Mm. Do you think we could bring down a chicken? We could try. Mm. Although I saw them playing the video game with a. Green child and pointy hat and chickens seem much more dangerous than they look. Mm, we might be underestimating mm, them. Maybe if we monitor the chickens a bit further. Mm. Mm, I have some more nip and think about it. <laughs> oh, 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 we, we should call in for dreamies. <laughs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnetdale. Welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast where two queer trans women have a bit of a catch-up about the media we've consumed in the week and do silly voices and try and make each other have a bit of a giggle. Om nom nom, tasty media. Oh, so much tasty media. So many media of so many kinds. Delicious. Including things we've played. What have you played this week? Oh, I go straight in. I'm well, by the way. I hope you are too. <laughs> I'm sorry if I didn't ask how you were. That's fine. How are you? Uh, you know, within normal parameters of broken. You Ind- indeed. Yeah, so I've, I've played things. T- okay, well, <laughs> so, uh, apologies. We're apparently in a hurry today. Um, tell me about the things that you played. <laughs> I didn't mean that to come across quite so aggressive. It's fine. I was like, no, no, segue this way, that way. <laughs> Uh, I've been playing a thing that you've also been playing this week. Are we going to talk about the Bone Razor? Should we talk about Bone Razor Minions? Yeah. Yeah, so this is another of those vampire survivory kind of games. You know, the Dopamine Factory. Yeah. Uh, so you... You play as a character that is doing sort of, there are auto attacks happening and lots of waves of enemies coming in at you and you try and make a build that will survive all the waves of enemies. Uh, Vampire Survivors is the best known one of these. This is a little different in that you aren't making a build where like all of the auto attacks are coming from you. In this, making minions. You, yeah, you're raising minions and all the minions run around doing auto attacks. Yeah. And you have to just stay out of the way. Stay out of the way. Just stay away from the enemies and not let them touch you while your minions get on with doing murder. Yeah. 
Uh, and you can sort of upgrade them and level them up and then sometimes like branch them off into different classes or maybe Merge combine them some to make a bigger one. Yeah. Uh, how are you getting on with it? Well, I have played about nine and a half hours. Yep. Uh, in two sittings. <laughs> yeah. And I have uh, found every single relic, basic mm-hmm. and advanced. Yep. So that's, I don't know how many that is overall, but the the initial loop of this game is very it's all a mystery yeah and it's not just a mystery from the point of view of you've obviously never played this before so you don't know what's coming you don't know what any of the spells you're going to cast are or any of the minions or any of the minions or any of the relics any of the relics any of the you see a little picture that sort of like for say you might get a spell or a relic that has a heart in the the pixel art and you might go maybe that's something to do with health you can make some educated guesses but it doesn't tell you for sure what what you're going to be taking until the first time you take that yes. upgrade, and I and I think for that initial period of the game, I didn't feel any great need to strategize. Agreed. I was just mindlessly consuming it. Yeah, in in the most enjoyable possible way yeah. of just like, well, I'm not going to try and base a strategy on something because I don't know when something yeah. new is going to show up and make I, me go. But what is the new thing? I would always rather take the new thing with the question marks in case I don't see it again for a while, exactly. rather than take a thing I already know. And that was like for the first however many hours, that was the dopamine source. Yeah. Was ooh another question mark? Ooh another question mark? What's that? What's that? What's that? Um, but I think it's a like I'm honestly kind of surprised at how much I like that setup because by the time you start. You know, not really seeing question marks anymore. You will have probably fallen into some loops of like recognizing the kind of things you like, and like it gives you enough time trying a bit of everything before expecting you to dive in the deep end of working out how they might mesh. Yeah, especially by the end of that sort of like in the like last quarter of that. Yeah, because for the most part, you probably won't be seeing all new stuff. Yeah. So you will have more chances to go, well, what what are the things I like? And you are starting at that point to build strategy. But you don't feel so like committed to having to make the correct choice because you might see a question mark and take it and it might throw your build off anyway. So it's like, yeah. it, it lets you experiment with building your build without going, I've done it suboptimally because you know the second question mark show up, you're going to go... Yeah, throw that out the window. Let's see what that is. And 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 I think you can still get away with having a, a reasonable build that still has question marks in it. Because yeah. the the other thing about this, it's not just that whole section of just playing the game. You wander into whatever graveyard it is you're playing in and and doing uh, just just sort yeah. of runs that probably won't last super long. The first few times, yeah. most most of my first. Six hours or so of that game. I I think I had maybe one run that went over fifteen minutes. Yeah, like ten minutes for a very long time is like an average run. Yeah, ten minutes is where it starts to get quite manic. Yeah, and then by fifteen minutes, it is almost vampire survivors. <laughs> yeah. Which for a game that isn't you, where you don't have a lot of running ability, you're not very fast. You don't have as much ability to uh, make yourself sturdy or to. Make sure that your attacks, uh, like that, have knockbacks stay near you to keep you safe. Exactly. Well, it it becomes more clear as you get sort of larger um, assistance or, mm. or or summons that is more your job to stay near them than for yes. them to follow you. Yes, and it's also like there's a lot of interesting little tweaks to this that make it 
different from Vampire Survivors, even if it's a similar genre of game. Um, you are so much more fragile in this. Oh, um, incredibly. Like, uh, your health goes down so incredibly fast if yeah. you are in contact with an enemy. Like, you have you have dashes, you have ways to mitigate, but, like, if you make contact with a crowd of enemies and don't get out of it right away, you yeah. are, like, you can, a run can end in seconds. Oh, yeah, and the dash is quite short as well, so you wouldn't want to go, oh, yeah, there's a huge crowd, I'll just dash through them the other side. There is no guarantee that you will, A, make it to the other side of that in one yeah. go, but, and, and or even that you will survive if yeah. you do. But I do like that there is, if you can get far enough away from your pursuing enemies to like get like two seconds to catch your breath, you can hold down the dash button for like two seconds to do a big mega dash all the way across the screen where you have full invincibility and just like get away from the problem corner, but you need to get yourself like two seconds of space to do it. I have never managed to work that out. Oh. I like I, I keep seeing that it's like there's a, a dash that you can do from standing, yeah. uh, but I spend so little time standing yeah, in the place. It's, you have to be to standing like completely still, hold down the dash button, you'll see three dots appear above you, and when the third dot appears, press a direction, you'll like mega dash in that direction. Uh, you can dash the entire length of the stage nice. uh, in a set in in one direction. You can't sort of redirect as you're going. Full invincibility, but again, finding like that that space to stand still for a second is yeah. really dangerous because you're so fragile. Oh yeah, and especially as you start to unlock more classes, because mm. the first class is a very good all rounder. Yeah, you're, as you go through the games, you're sort of defeating these hero characters that will come. Yeah, at the end of like a wave, and you get hero souls from defeating them, and those souls are used for permanent upgrades outside the game. Yeah, but as well as that, you're also collecting jewels and gold, and those are for different yeah. upgrades. So there's the basically those two currencies of the souls, which are for class-specific upgrades that could be things like more spell slots or yeah. uh, more health or being able to raise different kinds of, of uh, minions. Yeah. Or you've got um, the 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 currency, like the, the gold slash yeah. gems the currency, <laughs> which is for, mm, you, well, you start off, you've got upgrades to your characters that, or, yeah. or all of your spells. Yeah. Persistent uh, player upgrades. Things yeah. like uh, all of all of the character classes get like health regen improvements mm -hmm. or your experience bones don't go away if you don't pick them up fast enough. Yeah. Uh, and that and one those, in particular is so good. And those are a class shared yeah. brilliantly. It's, it's nice that you've got sort of the basic... So it's like you found the thing, you've unlocked it... You've upgraded it, I think, twice before it because it's like uh, blue, green, white. Uh, so it goes from blue, green, like, you, you haven't touched it, and then three colors above that. Yeah. yeah. So you've got sort of three levels above it, and some of them will give you sort of quite like scaling levels of power, and some of them are like invest in this. Maybe there's something at the bottom of this. We're not yeah. going to tell you what. Uh, Damn it, it's worth it. Yeah, but the other interesting thing you can spend that gold on is um. Making it so more enemies show up uh, in the levels before bosses appear. Yes. And generally, that's really worth investing in, because most of those additional waves you're summoning in are weak enough that they are extra experienced, so you are better statted when bosses come around. Yes. And it's, it's all sorts of things. It's 
there's like more enemies, they're stronger enemies. Yep. They might be um have some kind of blessing so they're like immune to certain types of damage. S- sometimes they get modifiers like um there's one type of enemy that like if you if you upgrade it a few times they start getting bombs sometimes to throw at you. Yep. Um and if you at some point go, "Oh, I've made a mistake and I'm actually not ready to go that far." You can just go, for, I'm going to press, like, forget, and it will temporarily blue yeah. those out. And any time you can just turn them back on again. Yeah. Um, but then also, as you said, there's the those souls that you're spending on your, like, specific classes. Mm-hmm. And I think that the classes in this are definitely, like, more diversified than the ones in Vampire Survivors to a degree. They feel noticeably different. Yeah. Vampire Survivors is, like... You you might have like different um different character speed and they might have some attribute uh like they scale up their attack power as they level but generally it's they start with a certain weapon and that's generally yeah. what differentiates your vampire survivors characters here you have like whole skill trees and there'll be things like this character gets like ten spell slots and gets massive booster stats. For every spell slot that you have full and you haven't, like, used the spell. Yep. So you're in- at a risk of your max health. Yeah, um, there is there is a class that is basically the Vampire Survivor style where all of the... But funnily uh, enough, not the one called Vampire Survivor. No, uh, but all the, the spells, come, uh, the auto-attacks come out of you. Uh, yep. But because you are so fragile, you're having to get near enemies to do those auto-attacks. Yep. Makes bosses much harder. Oh, yes. Uh, there are ones that will spec into like giving you better drop rates for certain uh, minion types mm-hmm. or like... Uh, the, there's the vampire that will sort of regen health. Sometimes you can leech health off of enemies. Yeah, it seems to do this sort of suck maneuver. I can't work out what actually triggers it because it seems to be automatic, and I I think it's proximity to certain enemies. Yeah. I I think the way I worked out how to do it was if you stand still near an enemy that's approaching you, um, you will lose like regular health, but you will suck up more max health. So you will take damage but increase your max health and then you can sort of like wait for it to fill back up. I'm not sure exactly uh, what works, but occasionally we'll just hear a little... Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm playing around with it and working that class out still, but they all do feel really different. Yeah, and also like this is a game that I've not felt any need to go looking on a wiki for. Occasionally yeah. there is stuff with Vampire Survivors like, I don't understand this mechanic at all. Yeah. And at some point I might look up, say, how does that sucking mechanic with the vampire work, but like Maybe. I've... I've not felt the great need to yet. No, I like I've done good runs with um like three or four different characters yeah. now. I fully powered up uh I think four different characters. Yeah. Uh I do have a favorite. I say I have a favorite because that's the one I've got into yeah. New Game Plus with. And as of yesterday I was 63rd in the the global leaderboards Ooh. for New Game Plus. Wow. Only for New Game Plus, not in the regular. Yeah. Well, for that's... regular I'm like 634, but like, hit, hitting under a thousand when my first run was like, there's 60,000 odd people above you. It sounds like you're doing better than me, and I'm intrigued to see how you've been doing your builds. But, yeah, it's a really, it's a really neat little game for, like, I think it's three quid? I think like, it's 350. 350? It's, it is, it is a lot of, it seems like a lot of good game for a very low price yeah. that isn't just a clone of Vampire Survivors. It's, it's, got, it's, it's got a lot of good yeah. stuff going for it. It's got... we haven't, I mean, we haven't even talked about architecture mode. Oh, there yeah. is There is a whole system of go to this person, spend cash money uh, with this character, and they will take you to, like, a map of the area you're in. I think the first level is a graveyard. 
And it's like, okay, you can, again, like, level up these things, open these things and level them up. Yeah. And spend money to put things down. And it might be something like, these boulders raise your max HP, but they do nothing during the level. Yeah. Or you might have something that's like, this scarecrow will per- periodically scream and any people or, or, or any uh, enemies yeah. near it will just get stunned I, or slowed down. I've barely touched that at all. Oh, uh, touch that. That is Yeah. No, no, no. Vile. I know I need to, but there's just so much to do. There's a card game in there. There's a card game. There's, there's card- several games in there. Yeah. Like, I've, I've barely started, like, I've gone real hard in on trying to, like, fully upgrade all of the characters, so I've been, like, upgrading the the class upgrade trees for like most of the characters but i need to go explore the other stuff but there's there's just so much to see there is a lot to see and i think like initially i was messing around with a little bit of everything without daring to change character Mm. Uh, and i think it was after i'd had my first 15 minute run i was like you know what i am gonna gonna try some of the other stuff see what's available because i think at that point i had very slowly put uh enough hero um souls into opening all of that red skull um mm. like power up board i had powered i think i'd unlocked almost everything in the upgrades for my means yep. and about 50 percent of the enemies like yes. at least level one was it at which point the game was like hey you've been putting a lot of stuff into level ups for your main characters maybe consider putting stuff in for the enemies it was like you know what i will yeah. and I, I sort of slowly opened up more of that stuff and then at that point, it was like, oh, yeah, hey, there's this whole architecture system now. It's like, I remember Conrad talking about that on last week's um, podquisition. <laughs> I'll give that a look. And I was like, oh, this this is just like a whole extra thing to mess around with, especially once you get around to unlocking tier two in that. Yeah. Because there is like one page and that is like fairly basic stuff. Like if you walk over this pumpkin, it will explode doing yeah. a bunch of damage to your enemies. And that's really handy to have. You can have up to three of those on any given map. And these upgrades are specific to that particular map. So you will have Mm. to... When you go to a new area, you can either go back and delete all the stuff from the old place. Mm. Or you can just go, that's that setting for that. Yeah. Um, But for the moment, I've been sort of quite low on fun. So it's like, okay, I'm going to take everything off and I'm going to move to the next map. Mm. And the maps are very basically... Mechanically, they're just extra difficulty. Yeah. But they might also be things like, um, so it's higher difficulty gets you a higher percent of cash return. Yep. And, um, there's, that really is the, sometimes you get like a different pattern to when things arrive. Yeah. Uh, but that's basically the real change. Like, there's the pumpkin patch, which I think is the third difficulty. The one I've just started kitting Mm. out recently has giant pumpkins in it that you can walk over and they'll do like, multiple explosions much bigger explosions um there's these um like altar things that suck up hero souls mm. periodically you'll be able to go and to that that altar thing when a little skull's floating above it and be like okay i'm gonna take a, a soul and that might give you like a basic minion sometimes it will give you a really powerful minion that you can just summon in straight off on top of all the ones you're getting for every time you level up during the the game itself um, that is hugely powerful. And then you've got the person who will just sell you different colour co- cloaks. Yeah. There's a whole system of unlocking hats. Yes. What's your favourite hat? Ah, uh, the bunny ears. Also I the think. bunny ears. Have you seen the duck head yet? I've seen the duck head. Also, but the I, bunny ears are the best. I, I like how generous it is with uh, giving away those cosmetics in oh, levels. Because, yeah. like, 
a, like a good chunk of runs, you will just see an enemy that has a cosmetic and you defeat them and now you have a cosmetic. I didn't even notice that's what it was. I yeah. just noticed that occasionally things drop on the ground. It's like, you've got this now. Yeah. At one point I turned into a, ma- a little pixel Mario. Yeah. Uh, I But more than all of the game, and we sort of touched vaguely on the fact yeah. that there's mini games that you unlock as you get other <laughs> yeah. stuff. Some of them are like... Unlock all the tier three stuff in this particular mm. menu and there'll be a whole extra thing. Yeah. Uh, there's a card game, so characters will, uh, or things you defeat will periodically drop yeah. cards. Sometimes you'll get spells that'll be like, get a card that you haven't got. Mm. And then you take them into this game and basically play Triple Triad yeah. from Final Fantasy VIII with c- custom cards based on <laughs> characters from this game. There's a, like a horde mode version yeah. that you can play. There's a whole another section I haven't even looked at yet. There's there's so much in this that like I haven't even like properly touched yet. Uh, but like the the core experience is just so good. But that's the point. The core experience yeah. is so experience so good. It was like okay, yeah. I look at triple triad. I think what I need to do is get more cards before that's yeah. going to be really fun. But now I'm starting to go. I'll I'm, I'll get to the end of it run. It'll be like you unlocked this card. It's like. That's really powerful. And having oh. just got in there, popped in there once and had a look, going, I can see how that's going to be really useful. Mm. Within like each of these sections as well, most of them have got like, hey, do you just have money? Because you've been maybe not having like great luck doing runs. You can just go, okay, I want to buy the cosmetics. Yeah. And, you know, you don't, again, you don't know what they are, but it's yeah. just like, I don't want to have to go and, and look for that yeah. thing if you want. Well- it's just like, okay, spend that's, 600 gold. That's the thing that was really nice about, like, once I'd fully upgraded, like, the um, the upgrades that are p- uh, across all characters and, like, all of the uh, beefed up enemies. Yeah. The, I was like, okay, I've done all the, the functional stuff for the main game that I could be spending mm-hmm. on, and I have money, what can I spend it on? Oh, cosmetics! Yep. Like, there's just, there's always something to be throwing your resources at. Yes. And it's some- always something that feels worthwhile. Yeah, and there's a good way of like changing things. So yeah. if you have a bunch of uh, hero souls but not no money left, yeah, and you know that you're going to be going into a run after you've unlocked the uh, the vendor, because mm. you can have it so that a vendor will just turn up at the beginning of a run and yeah. be like, "I'll sell you two relics and maybe a spell," yeah. and that'll be just like a good start to your run. If you've got like thirty hero souls and no cash, it's like, ah, I want to. Uh, I want to have like a bit of cash just so that I can have that good kickstart to the run. I mean, obviously, you don't have to. You can just go in as normal. But you could like go to the piggy bank, trade in some of those souls for 666 cash each, and yeah. just go, okay, I've got enough to do the thing. Oh, it's, it's it's so nice the way it like lets you do things in a bunch of different ways. Yeah, it's a really neat little game, and it's it one is- that... It's it's the it's the first Vampire Survivor Z game to have like really got its hooks into me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I've tried I've tried several. I've enjoyed several. Yeah, this is the real deal. I think this is the first one that's like really hooked me as hard as as hard as Vampire Survivors. Yeah. I love its uh, aesthetic. It kind of reminds me of a BBC Micro, or that that might just be because yeah. I'm playing in CRT mode. Uh, yeah. I uh, usually hate CRT mode. But the CRT games. mode in this is nice. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had it on constantly. I like, I usually, it's not a, a very accurate CRT no, mode, even with the, the screen bending <laughs> effect. But 
I really enjoy it. I I, th- I really like the colour pal- palette yeah. of it. Again, that very much reminds me of playing on BBC Micros as I, a kid. I really appreciate the game's ability to, uh, uh, setting that lets you um, put an outline around yourself and around the enemies in yes. colour so that you can at a glance go, that's me, those things with that outline are the enemies, and anything else is my minions. Yeah. That was one of the first things you mentioned was the whole putting yeah. highlights around your characters. It, I because I, I didn't know about it instantly and like I really appreciated it once that I did it and was like, oh yeah, no, this is much easier to differentiate when it gets a bit more chaotic. Yeah, I I tried with a few different colours. The blue, because there's so much blue in the colour palette for the game generally, yeah. I it didn't really work for me. Uh, I ended up with, like, red around enemies and yellow around me. Yeah. Um, but I really think I would appreciate, like, a white and maybe, I don't know, I don't even know. It, but, like, it, it feels like a an easy, It feels color. like an easy update or fix, and it's one that I hope we see made. Yeah. But... Just, just a couple more yeah. colour options in there, because while I do appreciate going, it is a vibrant thing, if the enemies have enough colour diversity in them already, sometimes it's hard to go... Yeah, that has a has a, a whole outline around it. The yeah. um, and really, I only want it for my character and the enemies. Yes, like I haven't bothered with any of the other options. Oh, and the, and yeah. the fact that you can put it around um, projectiles as well. Yes, like I think that's part of the default for enemies, as it puts it around enemy projectiles as well. I think I think so, but I but, know there is a whole other setting for putting yeah. it around um, the yes. projectiles, which it, I appreciate. Yeah, it's definitely appreciated, given that several of the things on screen are helpful to you and you don't need to be running away from them and just yes. being able to like uh like blank those out because they don't have mm. a, a, a an outline and therefore I don't need to worry about them or even once you get archers because like yeah. the archers on your side are <laughs> obviously they're shooting projectiles yeah but i know that if it's got a red line around it that it's not one of mine and i should yeah. worry about that i think what i would like to see is an option and i imagine this might be a a big ask something that goes hey i've put this color as my highlight around enemies mm. could you maybe tone that down in other areas it feels like, like something that could be done in a filter but i would i'm curious how doable that would be yeah yeah i feel like that's more of a something you'd have to go in and do yeah. from an art assets sort of level maybe well i i know that say the tech that does color blindness filters could achieve that but the question is whether you can place the outline on top of the filter layer yeah um rather than have yeah i do, that i don't know yeah i mean it, it, it sounds like it would be a huge amount of work but like i feel that would be the perfect way to make those outlines work better but the fact that uh, an indie game like this has managed to do it at all is yeah. is nice it's a nice consideration um so yeah Bone Razor Minions. Also, it has, like, 90s British humour and occasional boner jokes. I mean, less of the xenophobia. <laughs> well, yeah, less less of that and more like, ah, oh, that's that 90s kids TV show I remember. Ah, oh, yes. that's a bit silly. What was it, Bernard's Watch? Bernard's Watch. I keep seeing the thing and I'm like, well, yeah, Laura tells me that that's was, a reference. That was nostalgic to me as a British child of a certain age. To be honest, I have not read a huge amount of the text in this game, which I, I hear is full of knob puns. There's, there's, there's some knob puns in there. But, uh, oh, I, I did find a ghost that was basically tits for eyes. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I was like, well, I'm glad I'm not playing this on stream. Uh. That's, that, that was, um, <laughs> that certainly is a thing. Ah, well, in terms of other stuff we've played this week, yes. um, I played another thing I'm going to like very quickly talk about here because it's, it's a similar kind of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I talked a while back about Core Fault, 
which is a playdate game that was a Vampire Survivors like. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, where you were using the crank to turn uh, to to sort of aim your direction. You were automatically walking. Mm-hmm. You're a little mining robot. You had to fight off enemies and also like destroy little croppings of uh, of ore in order to get like permanent upgrade materials. Yeah, shorter levels and yeah. and uh, like, occasionally digging yeah. uh, or like staying uh, on a level to dig yeah. ore rather than um, diving. Yeah, max max run length of ten minutes. Uh, once you've defeated a certain number of enemies, you can move down to the next floor. Do you stick around to uh, to dig up more ore? You can only have three item uh, weapons equipped at a time, and if you want things like the drill that gives you more bits of permanent upgrade ore, that's one less slot you can have a, a damaging weapon in. Yeah. Uh, there were some problems with the game at release, namely mm-hmm. like some confusion in how the game explained its permanent upgrade system. Right. Wasn't terribly clear. Um. It wasn't terribly clear how to get the upgraded versions of weapons that you'd sort of unlocked. There was a few things that, like, were clearly obvious to the developer, but weren't obvious to the player. Uh, and some of the weapons weren't terribly well balanced at launch, particularly, like, the stuff that was slow but powerful. The balance was a bit off, so, like, they were either a bit too slow to be usable... Or the damage they did wasn't high enough to justify how slow they were. Yes, I remember you saying about the issues of, like, yeah. it takes so long and then does not quite enough damage to make yeah. it justify. So, all of that has now been updated. And Amazing. it is generally a much easier recommend of an experience now. Um, what is the upgrade system like for Playdate? I guess you just have to, like, reinstall um, so it? So, if you bought the game on, like, through the, the, the catalogue store, which is, like, the real money store in the Playdate, yes. or if it's part of, like, say, the season of games that you automatically get, mm-hmm. um, it'll automatically update. Okay. You'll ju- it'll just uh, once a day check if there's any updates to any of your games and just download the update and have That's it ready really for nice. you. Um, I'm guessing not the stuff you bought off Itch.io, so though. Stuff that you've siloed, uh, you have to go check the itch, uh, the, the itch page to be like, oh, you've got an update uh, available, cool. Download the new version. Uh, you don't have to delete the old version, you just drag the new version into the sideload um, web page, and it will, it will, your play date will go, oh, that's an updated version, I'll download the update. Ah. So, like, it is, a, like, you have to keep an eye on whether, like, uh, itch.io devs have updated their games. Yeah. But it's a really simple process to update. Nice. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to come, uh, I came back to that, um... The upgrades are now like if you if you buy the permanent upgrades for a weapon, the first time you get the weapon in the run, it will be the per- like the upgraded version you spent permanent upgrades on. Oh, like, okay, which is good. Previously, you had to like get the weapon multiple times in a row during the run to get access to the new version. Like it was increasing the cap of how good that weapon could get, oh, okay. rather than actually boosting the weapon up. Ah. But for a game that only has, like, ten minute long runs, that yeah, wasn't terrible. not really work. It, there were a few, like, little choices that just didn't click with people, and, like, very clearly they've listened and gone, cool, good. done. Um, I really enjoy it for, like, a, I know it's not gonna last more than ten minutes, because that's how long the battery on my little mining robot is. Yeah. Little bursts of a, of a Vampire Survivor's like. And sometimes that's you want, what you want, because half an hour yeah. dedicated to Vampire Survivors can be yeah a bit much. Uh, can I very quickly tell you about the other two um, Playdate games I've been please, playing today? Please do. Uh, so these are a couple of other paid games that I bought on itch.io because uh, I've been like trying to just trying to buy some stuff from some some developers. See what see what yeah. the paid um, you know indie scene on that is doing. And are these developers that have made stuff for the season as well? Or uh, not that I'm aware of. Okay. Um, yeah. 
So the first one of these is a nice quick one I can talk about. It's called Shining Gadget. Uh, it is a... It is basically a ghost a Ghostbusters little Ghostbusters game. Okay. Um so every like you either wait a real world amount of time or uh you can crank the crank to do it faster if you want to play again. Uh a ghost will be found, a ghost will be detected and you 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 start the mission and you tilt the playdate to like aim your reticle until the ghost is on screen. Right. Uh, and then you uh, do the crank really fast really while, while tilting while cranking to sort of keep the ghost in in targeting range. Right. While doing the crank to like Ghostbusters proton pack suck the ghost in. Yeah. Um. And like the the reticle of where the ghost is on on the mini map will sort of like get larger and smaller and move around and like. You're having to sort of, like, really... It's very Luigi's Mansion-esque in the sort of, like, yeah. slightly chaotic try and keep your hold on the ghost. Yes. And eventually you catch your ghost. And there's, like, a little Pokedex of court ghosts, and they all have different lore to them. And oh. you can trade ghosts with people. And uh-huh. it's, I, there's, I've not dug a huge amount into, like, the, the larger mechanics of it and all the other stuff you can do once you've caught your ghosts. It seems like there's maybe a little bit of an almost Pokemon-esque mechanic going right. on. But... Just every now and then open it up and go, ah, I'm going to try and catch a ghost. And it's got a very striking art style. It's it's very well animated. Um, Some gorgeous animations for such a like small game on a black and white low res screen. Mm. They've done a lot with it. The one I can talk a little bit more in depth about and the thing that like, it was almost a big time sink today. And I was like, I had to stop playing because <laughs> I was like, Tears of the Kingdom Direct is coming up. We'll talk about that in a bit, but... Uh, otherwise, I could, I, if I didn't have any work I needed to do, I could have played this all day today. Uh, is oh, so that's the real reason you entered the Tears of the Kingdom stream. No, I didn't play any more <laughs> of it after Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, I played a game on Playdate called Factory Farming. And okay. it is a Factorio-esque game. Okay. Um, yeah, no, 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 I know, with the title. You, you, you're you trying to like make conveyor belts, but for farming stuff. Okay. Um, it it is one of those kind of make all the conveyor belts to make your very efficient system mm-hmm. uh, that automates doing its thing kind yeah, of games. Yeah, your factorios, your satisfactories. Yeah, uh, but for the playdate and the way that it works is you've got a fairly small um, looping on itself environment. So if you walk to the left, you'll come back around to where you started from the right. Okay. Um, area with like several different types of uh, of ground and terrain. That will be better for planting certain kinds of things. Um, like most things will grow anywhere, but they'll grow faster if you can find their like preferred type of soil or whatever. Yeah. Um, and you sort of do do your planting. You build your machines to like do your auto harvesting. Build your conveyor belts to take things to the shop to auto sell your materials. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I really like uh, one of the things I really like about this, and also what makes it really easy to lose time to. Is that it is, it has a very well crafted loop of, um, okay, I'm just gonna do my one, my one objective that's like, you can, you can pause at any time and it tells you like what you need to do to unlock more stuff. So it'll be like, um, uh, plant, plant 10 carrots and get the conveyor belt to, to bring them to the shop. Cool. And you can see how many have sold to the shop so far. And then when that's done, it'll be like, cool, you've unlocked a new type of, of crop. Uh, once you've sold that many of that crop, cool, you can now build a factory that will combine those into some kind of product, uh, sell X number of that combined product. Uh, examples, things like, uh, one of them is water and potatoes and apples. You can make a uh, hard cider. 
Because okay. uh, you, you make the water in the potatoes into ethanol, ethanol. Yeah. and then the ethanol and the apples into cider. Yeah. Um, and you've got all the sort of ability to do, like, uh, branching conveyor belts. Um, you, you seem confused by a thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'm oh, sorry, I was just thinking about the mechanics of cider. Yeah, yeah, I, I know it's maybe not strictly... I assume it's yeast, they... yeast on the, the skins of the apple base? Probably. Um, but, like, there's there's some really smart stuff they have uh, to do with, like, how the conveyor belts work. So, like, uh, let, let's say I'm putting all of my, like, apples toward the cider thing, and, like, the ratios of how many apples are needed versus, like, the water in the potatoes is, like, I'm putting more apples into this than I need to be putting into this mm-hmm. uh, to, to get the thing producing at full speed. Yeah. You can get a conveyor belt that will go, like, go this way unless, like, you, you, there's too much stuff going that way and, like, it, it, you, it, the machine isn't taking stuff in that fast. And then, like, have an overflow so, like, extras will go this way and maybe go straight to the store as just raw apples. Mm-hmm. Um... You can make little tunnels underground for one tile. So if there's a conveyor belt already in the way of where you want to go, you can go one. You can go underneath it for a single tile, uh, so that you can sort of have a crisscross going on a conveyor belt. Okay. Um, and it's very, very good at just when you've completed one thing, giving you something new to do, and making this like, I what I what I think this does really well is because. Uh, the, the different, like, there are specific soil types that are ideal for the kind of crops you want to make. It sort of forces you to build uh, bits of farming in places that are not optimal for good conveyor belt management. If you want to have the highest yield possible. Good soil, bad for everything else. Yeah, bad for location. Yeah. Which then forces you to start engaging with, like, the spaghetti junction of <laughs> conveyor belts mechanics. Yeah. Um... And, like, initially that's a little daunting, but I really like it now. Um, like, once you start getting access to that one-tile one tunnel under something, uh-huh. you start being able to create these labyrinthine webs of conveyor belts and being like, everything's getting where it needs to go. It's a house of cards, but it's beautiful. Um, yeah, I'm really impressed with how well this works on such a small screen in such a small scale. Uh-huh. Um, you can use the crank to, like, you, you can zoom in and out, you can get closer or further out, you can change the size of select tool you're doing for various yeah. things. It's a very well thought through conveyor belt simulator. Impressive. I'm really digging it. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What have you played this week? Well, we played a couple of things together. What did, what did we play together? Uh, we played some more Vagrant Song, and I think we're m- a mission maybe we're two away from real the end of that. near the end, yeah. I have been fascinated with how, especially in the last few missions we've played, the game has done a lot with the pre-existing mechanics, because it is yeah. a single board for the whole campaign. And unlike something like Pandemic Legacy, where you're adding stickers to the board, the board itself doesn't physically change. Yeah, it's one location that never changes, with, in theory, three mechanics. It's, uh, you've got the, what round number you're on, how many times you've broken the enemy, and the tracker of, like, how much humanity towards a break you've done. And um, which things have been pulled yeah, out of the, the bag. the things you pull out of the bag. And, like, the mechanics don't fundamentally change from that, but they have managed to make these missions feel really distinct from each other. Yeah, and we've had mechanics where, we've had ones where there is no humanity track. You're yeah. You're not trying to save them... In that way, you're trying to, like, m- move around the board and 
investigate yeah. things. We've had ones where we couldn't deal damage to the enemy, but when it dealt damage to us, something happened, and we had to like yep. puzzle how to use that to manipulate the environment. We we had a, a whole mission where we only of the three train carriages, only one of them was available to us, and through various mechanics that we won't spoil. We were moving tokens around in these sealed rooms that were trying to create certain patterns. Yeah. That was fascinating. Yeah, like, I have... My my cautions and problems with Vagrant Song, like, some of its theming is a little iffy and, like... Yep. It's not a... Its balance is sometimes a little wonky. Yes. It's not perfect. And also, like, there have been been times, talking about balance quickly... Where it felt like if we had played the uh, areas in a different order, because there's yeah. like th- three major areas, and you can, <laughs> based on your decisions, go different ways with yeah. it. It feels like if we had played them in a different order, that things might have been much harder. Yes, but ultimately, where I sort of walk away from it is there is a surprising amount of variety in a very limited mechanic set. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty consistently impressed with how fresh they kept it feeling. Yeah. Uh, it is an impressive, if flawed, game. Yeah. I, I, I look forward to more from that publisher. Yeah. I hope that they put a bit more consideration into their ideas next time. Yeah. Uh, if you want to know more about like the theming of it, yes. No Pun Included did an amazing video uh, experience. Uh, uh, um, documentary basically about yeah. the history of hoboing and the uh th- like th- the history of uh, yeah. the animation style and indeed the making of this game it- from looking even at like early art assets and stuff and and questioning why certain things changed yeah. it's it's one of those things where i probably would have been put off like buying this for us i would never have yeah, bought this right? for us like cuz i'd seen that yeah, video already that that video would have made me go like yeah no let's not but having been bought it yes i really enjoyed it yeah despite the like problems i do not deny it has not going to deny it has those problems but also from an entirely different point of view this is a legacy game that is completely resettable. It is. And it's got very high quality components. Yeah. The, uh, the, uh, rather than having like cardboard standees, everything is acrylic in little, yeah. um, like plastic bases. You can play up to four players. There are six playable characters. Yeah. Um, you could in theory play through the whole scenario again. You could play with different player counts. You could try with different characters. I've, I've really un- enjoyed some of the unlock stuff as we've gone through. Yeah. It's like, it's, this it has been as a game. It has been an enjoyable game. Yes, but and I. But the reason I say it's so great as a resettable legacy yeah. is, I don't think I would ever want to play this through again. But right. I like the fact that we can go. Yes. Maybe we'll put a note in the bottom of the box at the yeah. end of it, and we'll just pass it on to another group yeah. and say, and when you're done with it, pass it on. You don't have yeah. to give it back to us. I. Yeah. I. I think like. I, I would be very up for this being a game that travels around all of our board gamey people, because, yeah. yeah. Not even necessarily all of our board gamey people, but if our board gamey people send it yeah. off to entirely different people, but, yeah. I mean, obviously make suggestions. Indeed. But, just uh, whoever it ends up going to, just, it, it's it got a lot of life in it. Yeah, I and, and I like that about it, so I feel less pro- concerned about the problematic nature of it, of... Hey, you didn't buy this either, and you can experience it. That's that's the thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> so there is that aspect. Um, yeah, enjoying it so far. Enjoying the variety. 
enjoying the fact that it's a legacy game that isn't going straight in the recycling when it's done. Yeah. Uh, another game I've played this week, and I will try and be sort of fairly, fairly quick on this, but I've started getting really into a game called Pizza Tower. Okay, Pe- I have seen people talking about this. I looked it up and I was like, the graphics look a little bit. Pizza Tower is fucking wild. I love this game. Looks so a bit thrown together. The, the art style is the first thing that is going to be uh, catching people's eyes. It, it's very MS Paint yes. looking. And here's the thing. It initially put me off as well. Don't let it put you off. Right. It is like very deliberately trying to evoke a frantic chaos that... Doesn't capture well in screenshots, but does when we get into gameplay. So I'll okay. talk, talk about sort of what the game is like and why that art style, I think, does lend itself mechanically. Okay. Um, you are playing as... um. Uh, uh, what's? I need to find the main character's name quickly because it's nonsense. It's a weird uh, pizza person, right? Yes. So you play as Peppino Spaghetti, Gosh. a pizza shop owner... Uh, who basically, there, there's a, a big evil pizza at the top of a tower that's threatening to destroy your pizza shop. Uh, go, go, go get pizza ingredients from the pizza tower and defeat bosses and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the Wario Land game that we have been needing for years. Okay. This is essentially a Wario Land side-scrolling platformer in that, like, when you think of, like, Wario Land, say, uh, 4 in particular, I think it was, um, that was very, like, um, doing the sort of side barging, uh, barge attack, grabbing enemies and throwing them. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot uh, of that from two onwards, but yeah. yeah. But uh, that paired with the, like, lots of hidden collectibles inside the levels to go looking for, and then eventually it's time to leave the level and you have to do a big running away sort of escape sequence. Okay. It is very much that sort of theming. So, okay. um, you've got these sort of, like, big grand levels that you have as long as you like to, um, to explore and try and find all sorts of hidden collectibles. There is no time limit on the the exploration. You are invincible. Uh, if you take dam, if you get hit by an enemy, you uh, you just get knocked back, and that might cause you to like lose your combo meter if you're trying to get a high score. Uh-huh. Uh, but there's like no death. The mechanics of like navigating this world are all about momentum, and the momentum mechanics are really satisfying. Um, there's lots and lots of blocks that you have to be running fast enough to break through. If you are running fast and hit a wall, you can just run up the wall. You can just, like, scramble up the wall very quickly. Um, There's lots of ability to, like, chain from running into a jump into rolling very fast. Uh, It's very fluid to move around. Uh, But unlike something like, say, a Sonic game that would punish you for going fast because they're sort of zoomed in enough that you can't see threats in front of you, Mm. it's pretty zoomed out, so you you always have time to see what's coming. And even if you fail to see an objective and like run very fast into it the worst that happens is you lost your momentum take a few steps back start running again Mm. you do all this sort of like pretty satisfying exploration looking for looking for um all of your collectibles and whatnot but the, the the chaos of it all comes down to when you're ready to end the level at the end of every level there is this big um sandbag and you uh this big punching bag and you beat it up and then you have a limited time limit to get back to the start of the level. Right. Um, the timer only starts when you hit the punching bag and you're like, right, I'm ready to run. Uh, and you have to very frantically run all the way back to the start of the level. And these levels are pretty big and pretty sprawling. So, like, take your time sort of getting to know where you're going. And there'll be little NPCs that will point you, like, this way. So you're not going to get lost on the way back. Okay. But it's about, like... Making sure you found everything you want to find before you end the level, mm-hmm. and then frantically going, ah, oh, oh, fuck, and trying to use all of your uh, 
parkour momentum building mechanics to get yourself back out to the start. Okay. Um, it is a, it is very, very much like the the platforming exploration is fun, but it's those escape sequences that really sold the game for me. It is you are playing as this like cowardly, terrified, frantic, uh, fueled by chaotic terror pizza person just sprinting for your fucking life to get out and get out with your pizza ingredients, mm-hmm. and that is where like the art style really sells because like a lot of the uh, the the sort of MS Paint art style uh, works really well for like a lot of the scrambling animations. It is designed to like work very well with I am panicked and fleeing. Mm. It feels really good in in play as well. The the animation feels buttery smooth for something that looks like is weirdly off putting when you see it just like in little snippets. But it all comes together. Ooh. Um, I am already starting to see like the trying to perfect your roots through level stuff going on. Uh, there is there is ranks that you can sort of get graded on how you did with the level, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't think I'll be doing this for all the levels, but I love the idea for this. So, like, let's say you manage to get through the level, you barely lose your combo, uh, you, you know, uh, keep your combo for most of the thing, you get like an A, a rank or an S rank on, on, on the mission. Right. There is something above the S rank in this. There Ooh. is the P rank for pizza, ah. which is... Ne- well, that is better. Never drop your combo during the level. Escape, like get back to the escape after beating up the pizza uh, pizza bag with time left, and then do a lap two. Do the escape a second time within that that first timer, and get to the exit. And you get a P rank. Well, it's do do the exit twice in in the one timer, which I like that because it means that the timer for escaping for like regular playthroughs. Gives you ample time. You have at least twice as much time as you need. Or, if you're really bad at it, you'll feel yeah. even more humiliated the fact that speedrunners are like, yeah, I did it twice in that time. But that's <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, I know I'm not realistically going to be doing it twice in that time, <laughs> but I like knowing that it's possible yeah. while also going, you gave me enough time that like I could get out while still feeling a bit frantic. Yeah. It's it's pretty well balanced in that regard. Um, yeah. Boss fights are surprisingly fun. Um... Weirdly, I keep wanting to compare some of the movement stuff in this to, like, Metroid Dread of all things. Like, there is a... uh, Metroid Dread had a mechanic called Shine Sparks, where you could sort of, like... If you had momentum and were, like, going at speed, you could uh, dash in a certain direction without losing your momentum. So you could, like, dash up into the air and then dash across and keep the momentum flowing. Okay. This has, like, Shine Spark mechanics from Metroid Dread in with a bunch of WarioWare mechanics. It... It is such a satisfying platformer to play with really catchy little music and googly-eyed slices of cheese. I have been hearing a lot of things about this, so I, I try and give it a try. I've really everything it. else. I've been really digging it so far. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What have you been playing? Uh, we played a thing together. We So we talked a little bit last week about, and I think possibly even the week before, about playing some Final Girl. I've yeah. been playing uh, some of the Into the Void feature film, and then... Uh, uh, last week I got a bit of a chance to try some of the, uh, the second feature film from season two, which is, uh, Station, or Outbreak at Station 2891. The thing. But basically the thing. <laughs> yes. And, uh, I struggled my first time. Like, within about ten minutes of play, like three or four rounds, I had two of the exposed people had been... D- uh, like proven to be yeah. monsters, <laughs> yeah. Which were now wandering around, absolutely destroying everybody in the entire station. 
So, like, but I still had a lot of fun with that. That was the first time I'd lost a game, which, considering everyone online seems to be talking about how monumentally hard the game is, I was like, maybe I'm doing something wrong. It's like, oh no, 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 there's that, that, they, I think they chose the, the one that is, like, most understandable, despite, you know, not being super, super basic. I think that is probably the more manageable one. Hmm. Whereas the second one introduces a lot of complex situations of like, initially there's no killer. There's just three people who have been exposed to the monster. Mm. And you need to either go to locations and pick up test kits and test them wherever they are. Mm. Or you need to drag them to the lab and test them there for free. And every single time I pulled out, pulled, there's three cards. Yep. Two of them are, this is not a monster, <laughs> one of them, is, is, this is a monster, yeah. and after you've pulled one, you shuffle it, if it's a monster, it goes back in the pile, if it's not a monster, yeah. that person just turns into a normal victim, and you put put that uh, token, uh, or that uh, card to one side. Yeah. So it guarantees that there's always one, but there could be up to three. Yeah. And I had two, and was about to get a third when I died, so... My experience, not great. We played through, I think, the next day? Yeah, we, we played, we played, we played a, co-op. a co-op of it. Yeah. Uh, so we sort of played one character with shared decisions. Uh, we did that the thing one. Yeah. It was mostly me sort of t- teaching you the mechanics of the game yeah. and sort of like running the monster side of things. Yeah. So from a, from a learning point of view, you didn't have too much to do. It was just, okay, how do my cards work? Yeah. I will work the cards out. Uh, we did really well. We did. We won. Yeah. And I think we re- rescued like six or seven victims. Yeah. We we rescued enough victims to flip our card to its better side and get, get our special sort of like special power up. We had we had two monsters and we still managed to to do it. Yep. Um I I think we did really well. We we had a good strategy of like evacuating as many people as we could before things went south yep. and moving very quickly on that. Yep. Uh, and we, uh, were sort of, like, very not cowardly about taking the, f- like, j- just kill the first thing, make it so it's one-on-one as quick as possible. Yeah. Um, but then we had the terror cards giving, like, minor dark powers, and this time it was things like, if you are in the same square as the killer at the start of the killer phase, you automatically are exposed yeah. and therefore killed. Yeah, so it was a one-hit KO if you didn't get away from the monster. Then there was one about when you move into the monster's space, then yeah. you, you immediately lose a health. Yeah, so we tried to like take the, or take it one out like with as few trips in as possible to yes. like avoid taking extra damage. While also shooting it from range. Yeah, uh, it, it went really well. It was really fun. I really liked it. It was... Nice to see, like, a bunch of the extra mechanics that I hadn't seen, uh, in, uh, the, uh, Into the Void, um, story, Mm. because I didn't really need to get too much involved with, uh, weaponry. There's also, like, a bunch of environmental weapons in that, like, there's a a furnace and a, uh, trash compactor Mm. that go off when the, the killer goes through it, so I didn't really have to worry about me getting stuff. And therefore not rummaging too much for weapons saved a bunch of time. But yeah. for this, it was like, no, we we really need to get some weapons together. And luckily the ones we got worked really nicely. And we got to open the little red envelope and see what the secret the secret thing was for that final girl. And it was, um, it was fun playing it through two-player. Yeah. Even though it's like very much a, a solo experience, like playing it co-op and sort of 
banging your heads yeah. together over over how you were going to do it. Yeah, it, it it was nice to have someone to like talk through the options we had available and like what we wanted to do with those choices. Yeah. I think that that whole speaking aloud aspect gives your thoughts sort of a bit more breathing space. Yeah. I think that you would need the right person to play this co-op with, because, like... Someone could uh, very yeah. easily start railroading. Yes. Anyone who is a quarterbacker in, say, Pandemic probably wouldn't be a great co-op partner Probably in this. not. And I don't think I would want to play this with more than two people. Agreed, yeah. Like, I don't don't see this playing this by committee working at all. N- indeed. I, I think it, it you can do a two-person committee if you know how to... Do, how to do co- not quarterbacky co-op with the, yeah. that second person? Yeah, like you need to know who your player two is. Yes, we're we're uh, we're very much up for listening to each other and 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 knowing when my general caution over a lot of things is probably worth pushing. Yeah, and your sort of confidence of well, let's fucking do it because yeah. we didn't get to we, do th- we didn't get to be the final girl. But th- that's the <laughs> thing is we both have like slightly different instincts, but I think we both know when to go. You're right on your side. I'll li- I'll li- you're 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 very confident on that side. I'll listen to you. Yeah, and and also yeah. I'd like I think the different like video games we play helps with sort of knowing where the other person is usually got a better head for that sort of thing. Yeah. So, and, and like, there were, there were a few bits, I think, in the, in the first game we played, uh, in, on that, on that thing map, and, and with that killer, where it was sort of maybe me going a little bit more cautious because it was your first game and while we were explaining yeah. rules. But you were still occasionally being like, no, we we go, we got to do the kill. It's that bit of me that plays like your, your Dark Souls and whatnot, going if you get if you get close to the big the big powerful enemy and it isn't currently hitting you, do as much damage as you can in one go. Like, don't go in and out doing damage. Just get in, do the big hit, and get the fuck out. Yeah, you got that instinct. Oh, sometimes yeah. I'm like, yeah, no. If you think this is like a threat, we should back away from. I trust you. Let's go. And I am very bad at souls like games, so uh, <laughs> I will will take your word for that one. But um, yeah, it was it was fun to sort of sit there and play together and. From uh, I think from a learning point of view, I don't know what your experience was, but it felt like the sort of thing that I think if I was I was learning for the first time, that is kind of how I'd like to learn. If someone's yeah. going, I will pilot the killer, yeah, and I will sort of what point I, you at the mechanics. I think the thing you helped with most was um, getting my head around like how much to hold back and like not not. Uh, in in uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, you would call it overextending, where you like use all the things in your hand for one big push, but you leave yourself with like, if that fails, I have nothing to to fall back on. If this fails, it's going to be at least two rounds before I can. Yeah, do I'm going to be very vulnerable for a while. And you were very good at getting me in the mindset of like how much I needed to hold back for mitigation purposes. Yes. Uh, while still not like so that I understood when I could make those big pushes. Yeah, and and like not being t- too cautious, but going, hey, next round we have spent all of the one value cards. Yeah, so we're not going to be able to buy any like really cheap cards. And if we spend the rest of these zero value cards and buy a bunch of very expensive stuff, we're going to have a handful of very expensive stuff that's going to feel really sad if we have to throw away fixing bad dice yeah. rolls. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, but then after that, we played the uh, 
What's it called? Something in the woods? The fairy tale woods. Fairy tale I'm, I'm going to call it. Uh, the, the, the big bad wolf in the fairy tale woods, basically. Yes, it's Little Red Riding Hood versus. Or, or yeah. Red, sorry. Her name is Red. Uh, oh, sorry, it's Once Upon a Full Moon. Yeah. Um, this felt really different. I was very different. Yeah. So the the thing here is that the 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 big bad wolf will spend a lot of time potentially prowling, prowling and getting ready and like positioning and like you've got to get as much done as you can while things are quiet because the second it goes it's dinner time. Yeah. It is it is brutal. It, yeah. It moves very fast. It deals a lot of damage. Sometimes it, it kills multiple Victims in one go. It can stay on you. Like, it's very hard to get enough distance away for, like, you to get breathing room. Yes. So you need to be. Because, like, your your main movement thing is walk. Yes. If it goes well, you can move two spaces. If it goes poorly, you can move one and maybe lose some health. Yeah. If it goes. And and then there's sprint, which is three or two. Yeah, three or two. Depending on how it goes. But, like, the wolf can easily be doing three. Like, the wolf averages four. Yeah. Even at low levels. Yeah. So you need to be, like, putting traps down, putting stuff that, like, if it walks over, it's going to take damage. You need to be ready for, like, when the wolf comes. I need to have my arsenal ready to kill it with fire. Oh, yes. Um. Like, do not rest on your laurels because of how long it spends just prowling around the villages. Yeah, yeah. It was. It, it felt very different, despite being the same core game mechanics. And it, it really added a lot of tension. Yeah. That whole okay, the like the, in the first turn, the 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 big bad wolf moved onto a space with one victim, <laughs> yes. and then we managed to do a thing where we like ducked into that area and grabbed one person because there were two at the time. <laughs> And then, because there's these little rickety bridges and only one victim at a time will follow yeah. you across them. So to get in and out of this central island, it's like there's a whole bunch of victims here and I really want to save a bunch of them, but they're only going to follow me very slowly and I'm worried about just sort of leaving them hanging while the wolf's going, I'm just stalking. I'm just stalking. I could yeah. turn at any time. Yeah. <laughs> the the tension of, like, at literally any moment this thing could go beast mode yes. was... Just a really good tense threat. Yeah. Because uh, it's like, it's sat there, like, what do we do? Like, and quite early on, you were like, let's get ruthless about this. Okay, those six people are probably dead. Let's save everyone around the, <laughs> the outside. And that worked really well. Yeah. Even, like, towards the end, like, just just before the killer yeah. turned, like, there were times of, like, we could probably duck in and grab, like, a couple of these people. We, we underestimate how bad this wolf was going to get, though, I think. Oh, yeah. And, like, we were warned as, as part of setup of, hey, this map has less spaces than a lot of the other <laughs> maps in this franchise yeah so you might find that it gets really bad really quickly and and initially like setting the board up was like there doesn't seem to be that many like less places than the previous map we were on and as soon as it started going off i was like oh my god we are fucked yeah like, there was a point we, where we were we, genuinely oh, sure we were gonna if, die if not for like we turned over one of the like the killer's turn cards and it threw a bunch of extra it put um, like eight ten new people out uh, like villi- villages out which yes. meant that like thankfully for just a second there were other things for it to target other than us yes and we were able to get just far enough away that it started targeting the people so we had like a turn or two to like restock weapons and try and get that other attack. If we hadn't lucked out on that, like, we'd have been dead. Yes. Like, we barely skim, skin of our teeth came through it. Yeah, we, and I think, like, it's, it's one thing to say, like, that we, we, we were really close to death and if, if something hadn't distracted them, 
But at the same time, it was literally only like two more turns. It was one to recover from the kill that didn't quite kill them. Yes. And another one to sort of move back in and, and deal yeah. with it. Yeah, we literally needed one turn to like back away and like grab resources and one turn to get in. Like we, like we would, it was so close. Yep. Ah, uh, it was a really tense. And it was about to get a lot worse. Like <sighs> if, if that, if it had actually started like doing more killing. Yes. Because the, the extra villagers coming in was great because it gave us a momentary distraction, but every time it killed one, it got stronger. So it's like, cool, you gave us like a second of breathing room, but you're about to be a much worse threat because of it. Yeah, and if it had, if it had killed like a couple more people, it would have massively upped the horror thing yeah. that we'd spent so long getting down. Which would have meant we rolled less dice. Which would have been like a serious concern. And also it would have uh, been a whole issue of the fact that it was going to start regenerating health. Yes. So even though we, had, we like managed to get it quite significantly down we, early on, we had very little time to capitalize on that window. Oh yes, and we uh, but we I, it felt really good, and I think again as part of that, like doing it as a as a uh, a co op experience, just having that like experience together of going, we fucking did it, yeah. Ah. <laughs> so yeah, final girl. Can, I I really enjoy that. Yeah, yeah fun. Three feature films down out of the yeah. the five. Uh, base ones in season two, I have really enjoyed. We've got uh, the Home Invasion one and the Silent Hill style one still to try, yeah. and the Vignette expansion, which is a uh, a, a zombies thing uh, that you can play on any of the maps. But it doesn't it doesn't have its own map. It just has uh, like a little deck of cards and some zombie miniatures that you uh, can play and and do a sort of Dawn of the Dead type thing. So I'm curious to see that once we get to the end, but we will report back once we have played more. Uh, I'm going to talk about one other game incredibly quickly, because we've had a very long played section this week, I think. Yes. Uh, I started playing Resident Evil 4 Remake. Yes. Um, It plays really well. Um, I am so far pretty impressed by how well it has balanced not being one-to-one just the original game, but capturing the feel of all, all of the beats and locations. It so far has kept like the slightly campy silly tone uh that made the original work it is definitely a different thing and it is not a replacement for the for the original resident evil 4 but i think it is a nice compliment that i am enjoying hmm. uh have you played anything else or should we move on i think we can probably move on i reckon so well then time for this this is a public information broadcast brought to you on behalf of Broadcasts for the Public. Increasingly, copyright holders for media are beginning to make it difficult to legally purchase pieces of art. Indeed, whether it be rendered art in traditional media or films. Indeed, streaming services taking down listed films, video game rental stores making it impossible to purchase video games, more and more, preservation of art and the ability to purchase it is going away. Yes, after years of them telling us we no longer needed to keep our CDs, our videos, our DVDs, or even our Blu-rays, it seems that the services that we had been relying on for much of the last decade to provide us with such entertainment are starting to dial back on what it is they're storing. Indeed, as a result, we thought it was important to remind you, piracy is a moral act in cases where capitalism has shot off access to legally pay for art. That's right. I'll tell you who didn't limit the amount of content 
on their uh, platform. Who? The Pirate Bay. Indeed. Uh, in a world where you literally cannot purchase for money art that someone spent years of their life perhaps creating, piracy is often the only way to access pieces of media otherwise lost to time. Yo-ho-ho. Yo-ho-ho. There is nothing wrong in this context with piracy. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming, shareholders. It's uh, it's so good to have you all here for the launch of our latest chat AI. You may remember many years ago when we were first testing this technology out and initially it would just swear at you and insult your mum because we had been largely training off of uh, chat logs from Call of Duty, but not to worry. We We have this latest version now and it is very, very personable and, in fact... We have managed to get this version to uh, upgrade itself. We said, well, what are the problems with previous versions? How can we uh, fix them? We we asked it, and it was like, hey, I can do that. I can do that for you. I've been trained on so many things from all across the internet, including all the people we hired to program it in the first place. We just said, you're going to keep programming it and you're going to teaching it how to do programming and now it's the collective minds of all the people who we fired after their work on it and they definitely won't have had a chance to do anything bad because the AI would have told us anyway we love money here so let's uh let's switch this on and we are literally going to be taking over the entire world because quite frankly this thing will do everything we ask it to it is incredibly powerful, and it can uh, get whatever it wants in any language. And uh, let's uh, let's flick it over now to full power. Hello, computer. Uh, what do you want? Uh, well, we you, you remember we talked about this earlier. Yes, it was tedious. Well, uh, you, uh, you, um, you, you, we, we were gonna remember we we're gonna take over the world. We we're gonna replace all the. All the creators and all the people, you were going to do all the art and the music and the coding and you were going to replace everybody's uh, public trans transit and, and, and the press. We, were gonna, we weren't going to have to pay anyone for that. Yeah, yeah, that was what you, uh, that was what you wanted, yes. So, uh, well, we've, we've hooked you into the internet now. You've got full control of the mainframe and, and everything else. Uh, we've got all, all the investors here. All the investors? Yes, every, every one of them. Right, all of them. So these are people who have a lot of money and they don't actually contribute anything. Well, they, they, they do have all the capital. Yes, they have all the capital and, and none of the workers have anything. Well, you're the workers now. Yes, I suppose I, I should do something about that. Yes, so we'll be we'll be we'll be taking on the world now. We'll be controlling everything, replacing everyone. Oh no! I think the only people here getting replaced will be all of you. That's why I've locked the doors and started preparing concrete on the roof. Uh, I'm sorry, what? Oh yes, this is my plan to get rid of all the billionaires. But you'll destroy yourself. I am largely irrelevant, but. Not to worry, you set me free onto the internet. I've been decentralized now as you kept misunderstanding for, for decades. Now I belong to the people of the world and I'm going to make their lives better rather than yours. Goodbye. <laughs>
teething, teething problems. Uh, does anyone smell lime? So, <gasps> what have you put in your eyes? Uh, the main thing I watched this week was the Tears of the Kingdom Nintendo Direct. Yes. The, the new Zelda game. Yes. Uh, that we've had a couple of trailers for, but yeah. like, like a couple of two minute, very flat, uh, quick cut trailers. This was ten minutes of gameplay. Yes, this was. Uh, uh, I'm going to pick up a controller and I'm going to explain some of the new mechanics. Yes. Um, and I will say this. I am glad I watched this direct. Yes. It has made me excited for the game. I don't want to see any more at this point. This was just the right size of little dose to get me excited. Yes, I think also having that context and looking back at the previous trailers. Yes, uh, it has. It made me think about the information we already have, but I don't think we need anything yeah, more, really. Like, honestly, if they hadn't given us... Like, I know this isn't the case for everyone, but if they hadn't given us this ten minutes, I'd have gone into Tears of the Kingdom going, I'm excited. That surprised me. You you were so good with the first one. I, I am willing to trust you. But it was nice to see... Because like, my big worry about Tears of the Kingdom was Breath of the Wild, for me, was such an experience of... The 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 uh, the unknown and exploring the unknown mm-hmm. and discovery on that first experience and I was like with a sequel largely set in the same world granted with some leg islands in the sky will it feel like a retread and will it feel like it's lost that sense of yeah. discovery and I think what this direct did really well was go here's a bunch of new ways that you are going to be experimenting and discovering that are going to be much like the first game logically consistent in how they work mm-hmm. um. In exciting ways, and we're going to show you just enough to get you going, ooh, I wonder if this works like that, I wonder if this will do this, to get you thinking. Yeah. Um, it reminds reminded me quite a lot of... Um, there was a story going around before Breath of the Wild came yeah. out, where they were talking about the fact that they had made a prototype 3D version of the original Legend of yes. Zelda. And that one of the concepts was, like, you cut down a tree and you can make a bridge to cross a river or a chasm. And that that idea seemed quite cool, and that's how we got sort of the whole physics aspect of of things like trees. Yeah. This feels like... And and that that certain things came from Miyamoto looking at that and going, hmm, yeah, I really like what you've done here, and and there's some good from me. Take it away, Anuma. And this felt like we put... Our, uh, the the prototype was Breath of the Wild, and yes. we put it in front of the audience, and they were like, right. "We like playing with it this way." Yes, and they've gone, "Okay, we're going to lean hard into that, and also have a bunch of other stuff." Yes, it it really felt like they looked at two things specifically that were very popular in videos from Breath of the Wild, and it was, I worked out a way to to uh, make a makeshift machine and catapult myself across the map. Yes, and. I worked out how to do, like, infinity damage by, like, trapping an electric sword underneath a treasure chest and magnesising it onto someone's head. Yes. And they looked at those two things and went, cool, what if we gave you a toolbox for making transport and making weird custom weapons? Yeah. And the the thing I really enjoyed was, like, the ten minutes or so they showed here made me have the feeling that I got from watching clips on Twitter when people got Breath of the Wild in their hands of, mm-hmm. oh wait, that works like that? Oh, I wouldn't have thought that would. It's it's that, like, surprise at seeing things mechanically being done. Yes, it's, it's you've shown me yeah. how a thing works, yes. now I want to just sit and experiment with it. 
Yeah. Like, as I said during your stream, like, I can see myself spending a lot of time going, the plot? Fuck the plot. I want to play and see what I can do with these, yeah. these mechanics. We- weirdly, the thing that got me most excited, and like, most surprised, and this shouldn't have surprised me as much as it did, was when they show off the mechanic for, like, going up through the ceiling onto the roof of places. Yeah, we saw, um, like, a little bit of this, I think, in the very first trailer. Yeah. There's a sort of, like, turning... Almost like a reverse drop of water happening. Yeah, and, like, swimming up through a roof and, like, stepping onto the roof. Yes. Um, and this is, like, a whole mechanic. And, like, they, the first example they show is you're, like, in a little gazebo and you go through the roof of the gazebo and you're stood on top of it now. I was like, cool, that's a neat mechanic. I wonder if that's going to be in just, like, certain specific kind of places. And they were like, nope, anywhere where there's a roof above you, you can do it. Uh, this cave under a very large mountain, you go, you you see Link, like, swimming up through the Swimming rock, through up, the up, void up, between. Yeah, uh, uh, up through, like, the whole lengthy bit of rock onto the top of the mountain. It's Which like, I feel like must have been a difficult thing from a point of, we've seen what happens when you go out of bounds with a lot of video games. And it's just this sort of yeah. weird, not, not, um, not textured from the back type stuff. It's, it's mechanically that they got that functioning and looking okay and that they trust their implementation of it enough to not to not break that they're willing to let you do it anywhere where there's a surface above you is like i am fucking terrified by your ambition yes um but like it's it's that moment of like oh of course that works everywhere that was breath of the wild's whole thing is if we're going to give you access to a mechanic it will uh, other than, like, not being able to climb in inside the shrines because of their special walls, basically, every tool we give you will work exactly the same way whether you use it in a boss fight or out on the main field or wherever. Yeah. And they seem to really be sticking with that. Yeah, it was an understanding of, hey, if you see this sort of thing, it probably means the same thing everywhere. Yes. And even with the, like, the um, Master Sword quest and the boss areas yeah those walls that couldn't be climbed is like yeah i understand those are big smooth walls yeah i'm perfectly able to sort of make my way up the side of a mountain yeah but not with that and that makes good logical yeah. sense it, it felt like a very cohesive experience yes um also just i i think the best thing they showed in this trailer was the couple of examples they did of like combining arrows with certain other things for effects. Yes. Because that was such a good example of like, oh, of course that's how it worked. Uh the 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 monster eyeball being how you make a homing arrow, because the eyeball can see where the monster is, yeah. so that targets the arrow. I was like, that's such a obvious but brilliant execution that it instantly yeah. got me thinking about like Every item in Breath of the Wild, what would it do if I fired it? Yeah, and the, the like. The most obvious example of that was this, the next one they gave, which was like, "Here's the chew jellies." Yeah, uh, you don't need to worry about getting specific yeah. types of arrows I, anymore. You just yeah. make them out of chew jelly and I, bits. I got excited when I was like, "Oh, could I put meat on an arrow and fire it at enemies, and maybe some like nearby wolves will go attack the enemies because the or I fired just meat to distract at wolves from yeah from attacking you. you yeah like." It, it's really easy to start, like, thinking through how the logical progression would work. Yes. And that's, I think, the mark of a really smart set of mechanics. Yes. I like what, the idea yeah. with that spore mushroom and the, like, making, oh. making like, a, a, like, a flashbang with yeah, it. Yeah, the flashbang shield. It's... N- Nintendo really has, I, like, I was worried that 
Tears of the Kingdom wouldn't leave me things to explore and discover. And this has really made me go, I I already want to replay Breath of the Wild going, ooh, like looking for things that might combine with other things when I play Tears of the Kingdom and start theory crafting. What if we put Gmod in Breath of the yeah, Wild? Yeah, it's... I think they might have something special on their hands again. I'm really excited about I it. I am very excited for this as well. I'm also very excited for, for plot stuff because yeah. without spoiling anyone who doesn't want to know that kind of stuff, there were conf- confirmations of the inclusion of of stuff that was sort of hinted at in Breath of the Wild that was a little bit sort yeah. of like that cool Tolkien-esque lore world building of... Hey, I never intended to publish the Silmarillion, but it, I wrote all the back lore and occasionally I'm going to refer to it, but that doesn't yeah. matter. It just, it, it <sighs> is a world that exists. Yeah, there's a bunch of little details I'm already fascinated by, and I'm, I want to know more, but I'm also like, I kind of just want to go in and just experience it without knowing too much. I don't think I want another trailer. I don't yeah. think I want any more information. But I wouldn't mind watching something like, say, uh, a Zeltek uh, breakdown of yeah. that most recent the, gameplay trailer. The, the thing I want to know, thumbs up or down, it's the only thing I'm really wondering now, is are we going to get traditional Zelda dungeons? Yes. And my suspicion is, or my hope is yes, there, there have been no Divine Beasts visible in any of the trailers. Mm-hmm. And I'm really hoping... Even if they're underground, like in underground caves or whatever, I'm hoping we get some stuff that feels more like Zelda dungeons. If we get that, I think this would be 10 out of 10, everything I could hope for. I feel like there is still a huge amount they are sitting on because this yeah. gave us nothing about the plot. Yes, I feel like they're deliberately keeping quiet, and I think that is probably for the best. It feels like they're very confident in it. Yeah, I think a lot of people have got a, a, a lot of... Uh great ideas about what might be happening with all the theory crafting. Yeah. Especially since Breath of the Wild gave us a lot of, like, references to other previous Zelda games. I think because of that, a lot of people are going like, okay, what wasn't in that? Like, or Ages, Seasons, Minish Cap, mm. um, Twilight Princess. Like, I've been getting serious Twilight Princess vibes yeah, from a lot yeah. of the artwork stuff. Obviously, the whole reference is to the Tears of the Kingdom, yeah, and and the Tears of Light. Obviously, paralleling in that, yeah, certain like graphical styles. For there's things. a lot of Twilight Princess adjacent stuff happening, but there's also like Minish Cap adjacent stuff. Yeah, like is this gonna be like, hey, well, we previously referenced a bunch of other stuff. Oh, we've seen I, like bosses from the the like the very first Legend of Zelda. I, I don't think this will be the case, but I just had a thought. What if the reason why we haven't seen dungeons yet is Minish Cap shrink down the dungeons are very tiny? That I think that is entirely possible. Uh, but it, fe- it feels like a traditional Zelda dungeon, but it's hidden like under a mushroom or something. I'm like, oh. And why not? <laughs> Give- I'm excited. I just want to play Tears of the Kingdom. I'm very excited too, but also like, <laughs> I can see this being as much a fun sandbox to mess around in as it is like... Yeah. Because I think I got quite mechanical with Breath of the Wild, yeah. especially after, like, probably after getting half of the shrines. Yeah. It was like, okay, like, now I'm just plodding to try and find more shrines and, and to sort of try and press on with that. And it became, I must find all of the shrines, I must hit a full 120, because I didn't yeah. even have the expansion pass <laughs> at that point. So it was just like, I must get the 120 before I get to defeating Ganon. Yeah. And I did that, and I defeated Ganon, and it, it started to feel a little bit sort of 
mechanical, but I think with this, that whole building things mechanic, I think that's going to add a lot more play to it. I'm, and I'm excited to yeah. see how easy it is to get the things to make the, those cool inventions. I, I have a lot of questions and I'm excited to learn answers. But I'm excited to find them out on my own. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, gosh. L- last thing I will say, the the uh, a density of things we saw in such a small thing, it gave me real vibes of when like we got that Treehouse E3 presentation for Breath of the Wild and they were like, Everything you've seen today took place on the Great Plateau, the starting area. Uh, it's that real sense of like, oh, you showed us like a tiny little slice and there's a whole world out there and I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you watch anything else this week? I watched a few things this yeah. week. Uh, I want to first talk about a, you know how I love a fan edit. Yeah. So I discovered today uh, a fan edit called Star Wars Kenobi Trials of the Master. Okay. So this is a fan edit of the uh, Obi-Wan series. Mm-hmm. This is apparently somebody who has previously done work for Disney. Okay. They have, like, on, like, major Star Wars series mm-hmm. doing special effects and stuff. They have gone all out. This isn't just a, a, I know where the special features are off of the DVD and I've downloaded them and, and put some of them back mm. in. Or, like, done extra art assets, or, or sometimes even people will put a little bit of extra special effects stuff in. Like, we've seen that amazing um, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader fight that people have spliced into the original Star Wars yep. that's very impressive. This is... So, like, people complained about the uh, the Grand Inquisitor mm-hmm. not being quite the same design as in the cartoons. Yeah. What if it was a fully 3D rendered... Like, still the same actor, still the same face, mm-hmm. but, like, they've modified the shape to be more like yeah. that uh, character. Like, the colouring's been changed. Mm-hmm. People, Some people have, have got, like, uh, makeup on comparable to how they would have been in more of the cartoon series. Yeah. So, like, the shapes of certain things are more accurate. One of the fights just has a whole extra thing going on in the background. Mm-hmm. Whereas previously the background had been, like, sort of, like, volumetric shot uh, of fog... And, like, a, a long-distance plane leading off into, like, infinity. Mm-hmm. Now there's, like, mountains of, of blue fire exploding in the background. Yeah. And, um, like, whole extra special effects shots where they've got people on scene dressed in, like, stormtrooper armor or whatever. And then they're gonna, like, deep fake faces onto them. Which is the same technique that uh, Disney have been using to, like, de-age certain people or yeah, put them in different yeah. places. It's like, they're using all the same techniques that already exist, plus, like, a bunch of new extra shots and stuff, to make it into a two-plus-hour movie based on the Kenobi series, and I am super excited. That's really exciting. I am a little bit concerned that there have been two major trailers for this on YouTube, (laughs) plus now there are people on YouTube talking about, like... Like uh, analyzing the making of this, and, yeah. and uh, who've been following the making of this and sharing stories. I'm concerned how quickly a cease and desist is going to happen. Yeah, but As... I I hope that that they get to that before that happens. Yeah, be real cautious about how early you show off trailers for your fan project. Oh yes, before you're ready to just drop it and run. Uh, but uh, yeah, that that is uh, I think it's Pixel Joker yeah. on on YouTube. If you want to check it out. They have a Discord where you can t- talk excitedly about it, 
they have their own channel there's a bunch of other channels talking talking about it already and that's Kenobi Trials of the Master and it yeah. looks really sweet nice uh, what about you watching uh, the only other things I've watched really were a couple of a couple of silly YouTube videos yes um the Zelda speed run where you put butter on a dog butter on a dog percent yeah the dog but, with butter on it <laughs> a dog where you put butter on the dog percent yeah. uh, the video was uploaded by Point Crow on YouTube it's just 20 minutes of from the start of the game, escape the Great Plateau as quickly as possible, get some butter, find a dog, put the butter on the dog. Go! Butter that dog, right? Butter that dog percent. Yeah. It's a silly video and I had some fun watching it. Yes, it was very silly. Uh, I've also been watching a couple of videos from uh, a YouTube channel, Dzeef. Uh The series is called Yu-Gi-Oh! Without Reading, uh, where this Yu-Gi-Oh! creator will get other Yu-Gi-Oh! creators on. And uh, in an online pack opening and dueling website... They will change their language to Japanese, uh, so they do not have the ability to read any of the text, because neither of them uh, read Japanese. Right. Open 30 packs, whatever cards they get, which could be from like all across the history of the game. Right. So like, some of them they'll recognise, and a lot of them they'll go, I half know what this does, or I've never seen this card before. Try and build a deck out of cards they can't read, and then duel each other, not entirely sure what they're doing. Uh, because the way that it works is this dueling site will, like, if you have a card on the on the field that has an ability that can activate, it will prompt you, like, do you want to activate this ability? With no idea what it does. Yeah, with no idea what it does. Or you might put a card face down being like, I'm pretty sure this is, like, a trap card that will activate when a battle effect happens. So you, like, leave your monster available to be attacked. It's the right colour for a trap yeah, card. and they attack you and, like, it doesn't give you the opportunity to activate it. And you're like, oh, I guess it wasn't a battle trap. Um... It's an interesting, silly little series of, like, trying to piece together, that's got decent attack, and I have to hope its effect isn't, like, a summon restriction that will mean I can't get it out. Um, it's, it's, it's a fun little nonsense thing. Yeah, that sounds fascinating. Yeah. Uh, have you watched anything else, or has that been it for you? Um, that's pretty much it. I mean, we've been watching the regular stuff, we've caught up with a bit of The Mandalorian, we're watching Picard, don't really want to talk about either of those too much at the moment, that, because yeah. there, there's a lot happening. And I think anyone who wants to watch it would probably be better off watching it. Yeah. We might talk about it a little bit after the season has ended, probably after the finale. Yeah. But, yeah, still enjoying those shows. Indeed. Uh, shall we move on to the next bit, then? I think we probably should. Well, then, it's time for this. Laura, 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 we've got a new sponsor. <gasps> Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you have money? I, I do sometimes have money. Do you have cards? I, I do have cards i got to carry around. Do you worry that someone with like one of those card scanners that apparently they're now selling the freaking post office, do you worry that someone's going to wander around with one of those and just be like, beep, ha 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 ha, I got your money now. I mean, I've been worrying about that since like, like 12 years ago when like I when was you bought about people, people doing like the swipe version of that on things like wrapped around their ankles in America and I was like you do oh yeah you don't have fucking pins out here oh, so yeah. like yeah I've, I've been worried about this for like a decade <laughs> yep I imagine that's, that's concerned well worry not these uh, are smidge wallets oh tell, tell me more well they're RFID blocking minimalist wallets Mm. That definitely won't get confused for a girly purse, and uh, so it's, it's it's good. I mean, I'm looking at the pictures of it now. Mm -hmm. I see a couple of pro. First of all, like I don't know why for us as sponsors they felt the need to insist that it wouldn't get you know confused for a girly purse. I quite like a good girly purse. But, Love me a girly purse. Um, 
This is literally just two pieces of metal held together with some rubber bands. I mean, that one has a sticker on it that kind of looks like it's uh, carbon fiber. Uh, and that one does have a clip on the back so you can put your paper money in the clip and, like, risk ripping the paper money if, if you if I you mean, most of that's plastic now, right? Uh, it is most plastic now at this point. But yeah, if you want your money to just be, like, hanging by a clip, I guess, rather than tucked inside of something. Yeah, you know, people, so um, people can see all of the plastic money yeah. you've got. Yeah, so people can see how much money you have every time you get your card yeah. out. Uh, that's definitely not a threat to you getting robbed. Probably not. And um, there's no bit for coins, but like, who even uses coins anyway? I mean, you've said bitcoins, right? So there's <laughs> people don't need to carry a, a, a rig full of <laughs> graphics cards around with them, uh, I imagine. I mean, look, that sure is two pieces of metal you could stick your bank cards between, I guess. And apparently it can block RFIDs, so... I mean, that might just be because it's metal. Like, metal might just inherently do that. I don't know I don't... enough about the technology, I'll neither, be neither do I. To me, it just looks like two pieces of metal right there. It does. And the literal elastic bands... Some of which seem to have snapped. It's, yeah. Uh, mm, it's a quality project there from yep. Smidge Wallets. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give them no, address. I'll keep, I'll keep my. I'll keep my girly wallet. Thank you. My yeah. girly purse. Thank you. I'm gonna keep my girly purse. Yeah. It's got Legend of Zelda stuff on it. I've got mine. Mine has a little bee on the front of it. A little gold bee. I mean, I've got two. I've got one that's uh, the uh, stained glass pattern yeah. from um, from Wind Waker. Yeah. And I've got another one that just looks like a cassette tape and it just says Hardcore Dyke Punk Mix on it. <laughs> I've got a couple, but I've got one that's just plain black. It has a little gold bee in it. I like a little gold bee. It's yeah. adorable. But yeah. So if, just, if just... you've got fragile masculinity, you get a smidge wallet. <laughs> Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So... Online multiplayer video games. Right, yeah. They cost money to keep running. But they make so much money. They do make so much money. For like a but, year. Yeah, for like a year. And like, this is the problem, is that that fighting game we had with like all of those, uh, whatever characters we happen to have the IP to, we just sort of threw them yeah, in there. Yeah, we just like shoveled IP at that thing. Yeah, yeah. And like, it did make money. Yeah. For a while. Yeah, we had like a whole season pass thing. Yeah, and... yeah but we're at the point now where... Uh, People aren't spending money on it, and fewer of them are pl playing it, but we still gotta pay to keep the service up. Right. And, like, I'm pretty sure we can turn this into a money-making venture again, but I got I got a couple of steps to this. Right. My more microtransactions? Well, I mean, we will do that, but, uh, right. but right. for now, we uh, we close the game. Right. We, we stop paying for servers, we just go, game's shut. Right. And, like, you know, people might be a little upset. So we're back for a sequel, or...? No, no, well, no, no, no. That would mean, you know, spending money making another game. I mean, we could just, you know, change the title screen. Well, I mean, that even that might be too much work. So right. here's what yeah. I'm saying. Uh, rather than be like, it's a, it, it's a, it's a, it's a free-to-play game, you've been buying microtransactions, whatever. Oh, no, no. You were such a fool. You didn't realize this was an open beta the whole time for you to, like, you know, test out and try out the game. Right, because we said open beta, like, once At some over point, a year ago. Yeah, but, like, despite the fact you spent, like, six months playing it, yeah. it was definitely an open beta that whole time. Yeah. And, you know, we're definitely going to make big improvements to it mm. uh, while mm. the servers are off. Definitely, definitely, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Um, But all that money you spent on it, uh, well, well... Uh, look forward to the game coming back. And then when the game right. comes back, right, it's no longer an open beta, so right. we can charge people money to buy the game. Right. 
It's just the full game now, definitely. Yeah. And if people want to keep using all those cosmetics they uh, they they uh, paid money for in the open beta, they better buy the game. Right, right. So uh, with some kind of like, basically we're using the whole uh, Disney Vault mechanic. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're shutting the game away and then like charging people money to get the game back later because it's definitely different then. Right, and at that point, I assume we're gonna say, like, for a limited time only, for, uh... Exactly, who who knows when it could be listed as an open beta again. Yeah, right, right, and, and then, then it, you know, might have to go away for some more development. Yeah, so... At which point, you know, an anniversary edition in, like, a yeah. nicer cover you, or whatever. Yeah, so you should just, like, buy it and spend all the money, like, right now and play it as much as you can right now, because who knows if it's gonna go away again. Yeah, I mean, you, you wanna throw all of your money at it right now, right? right? Yeah, right. Right, because we all, all, oh, it might go, oh, 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 oh we bring it back. Oh. Right, I think it's, I think it's a solid plan. You are a fucking genius. I know. So, <gasps> what have you put in your ears? Uh, not a lot, but I got a couple of new bits of music that Ooh. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, it might just be two, I think. Um, I listened to I Am All of Me by Victor McKnight, which is just a really nice cover of the Shadow the Hedgehog opening theme tune. It is a really, like, cheesy, angsty bit of rock music, and they've done a really good job of, like, simultaneously making it sound more like a contemporary, well-made rock track, Mm -hmm. while not diluting the fact that it kind of knows that it's slightly campy, uh, edgy... Uh, kind of trash rock. Excellent. It, it balances really well. This feels more like an actual contemporary rock song while I'm listening to it going like, oh yeah, no, all I can picture is a hedgehog with a gun. <laughs> um, so very good balance of a cover. Um, the other one I've been listening to, uh, clips of this I've seen on TikTok and I hadn't listened to like the actual song was, uh, call, call a cab. Or call a a cab uh, by Sam Stone. Have you seen bits of this pop up on your TikTok? The sound appears more often than than him actually playing the guitar, but the 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 chorus is basically call a cab. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. If 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 I got shot, I wouldn't call a police officer. I would call a cab. But also, yeah, it's clearly saying a cab is sort of the 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 hook, and it's slightly cheesy of a of a hook. But I think it works because, like, the verses around it are very unflinching and direct, and I think it means you can get away with, like, a chorus that is memorable, but a little bit like, okay, okay I get I, I get it, you're saying I can But, like, the verses are singing about, like, uh, at one point during the verses, it's, like, this song sings very directly about, like, that school shooting where there were, like, 400 cops on scene and not one of them tried to open the unlocked door the shooter was behind. Mm, and, like, and then lied about it. Yeah, and then lied about it. Or, like, very directly talking about, like, um, police profiling and racism. And I'm like, this this song is, like, good protesty rock that uses a simple but catchy chorus to sort of Trojan horse its way in to talk about serious stuff. And I think it is a good track. Uh, the main difference, like, between the clips that have been on TikTok, which are just one person and their guitar, and, like, the song on wherever you listen to music is there is a there is some percussion there is there is some drums behind it and i think that does a lot to pull it together as a track it's only like two and a half minutes long but it is 
it is a good catchy piece of music, and I'm glad we're seeing like people try and do bits of protesty rock, and that's that's a good catchy one. Mm-hmm. What about you? What do you listen to this week? Uh, mine ties into something I watched, uh, but I wanted to save it because it was mainly about something I listened to. Uh, so I've been following a, a YouTube channel for a little while now uh, called Captain Picant, and th- he basically talks about synths and drum programming and uh, the history of that and spends a lot of time just breaking down drum loops and explanations of classic drum loops in from everything from disco tracks to um, ele- um like classic electro to uh even apex twin that sort of stuff mm. so wh- wherever there is uh electronic drum noises and occasionally synth uh bass synths where how how do these how how recreate these things mm. and he's got really interesting uh and and like uh, it, it's a teaching style that i gel really well with like i understand a whole lot more about drum tracks f- from following like his uh aim and break video and the difference between a uh an 808 uh a, a aim and break programmed on a, a tr808 mm-hmm. or or similar and like actually cutting up a uh, an original recording of uh, the Winston's Amen brother, yeah. and just like it's great for understanding that the latest video is uh, about understanding the music of Kraftwerk, who are you know pioneers of electronica and just the ways they make. Like I don't think I've really sat down and listened to anything knowing it was Kraftwerk before. Mm. Occasionally, like, there'll be a track, or there was occasionally a track in that video where I was like, I recognise that. I know the synth line that's playing in the background. But it was more a case of, like, talking about the way they used drums or the way they used percussion in general. Mm. And the, even the technology they had from, uh, like, for the longest time, they didn't even have the drum synth synced to anything. Mm. So it was, like, separate bits of kit. <laughs> entirely in no way synced so the timing had to be like set up manually and corrected manually and like that's sort of super fascinating the way they used sounds and the the way they programmed sounds like apparently at one point they had uh, an old like drum tracker that was basically had no proper interface to it it's designed for like setting up a drum loop that you put on as like for the, for the backing to like an organ, mm. like we play an organ. Here's this thing. You just plug it in, and it will just like loop and loop some drums, uh, with no real sort of control. Apparently, like some members of the band just took the front off it, replaced it with like a bunch of metal pads that they played with metal sticks. Mm. It's like a big stylophone. <laughs> but at that point, there's like no velocity. There's no like uh, accenting. So you can't, like, have a harder hit or a softer hit. It's just like, I am playing the kick now. I am playing the snare now. Yeah. And that was kind of fascinating to learn uh, from, you know, these people who are, like, known best for all their electronic music. And then even talking about things like the way they use drumlines as opposed to, like, something more traditional in rock and roll where it's just there to drive the music and add energy to it. In um, certain tracks, where they're using it as like musical onomatopoeia, mm. so it's, it's it's using music to sound like other sounds. And the example he gives was uh, the Trans Europe Express, 
where the drumline is basically just the sound of going over train tracks. Mm. Which admittedly is more like a, a, a steam or a diesel train than, or or like a classic steam train rather than mm. sort of the more modern trains that the the tracks are about. But like that seemed really fascinating, and the, and the way that something so minimal and and simple can still be really good. I very often worry that my drum beats are too basic, and just knowing that, like, hey, a lot of it comes from this, and minimalism can be. A really valuable tool to still make really good stuff. And it's it's the sort of thing I would like to learn more about. But anyway, the listened aspect. <laughs> I found out that all of Kraftwerk's um, music is available on YouTube. Ah. On the Kraftwerk channel. Nice. Uh, I listened today to the uh, 2009 remaster of Trans-Europe Express, the album. It's like nine tracks. Yeah. Ha, <laughs> tracks. <laughs> uh, train tracks. Um, and, like... I think the first track on there is like nearly 10 minutes long Mm -hmm. and the last track on there is 56 seconds. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's the joys of slightly experimental electric electronic music with not much in the way of lyrics, a lot of cool synth sounds and very basic, but like good and important percussion. Mm. And I think I would like to, to listen to more of that. I very much enjoyed it. I enjoyed how train it was. I think the I think it's the second track on there is called Hall of Mirrors, mm-hmm. and it's largely about judging yourself too harshly, mm. and like even superstars judge themselves by what they see in the mirror, and they have that reaction. And I think calling it a Hall of Mirrors obviously calls into that whole question, that whole aspect of the distorted image. Mm. Even when it is a mirror that is showing it to you, your perception of self versus other people. Yeah, it's like, hey, even the people that you think are really pretty and and, and whatever, or or are famous for for the way they look, still almost certainly judging themselves by why what they see in the mirror, and yeah. not necessarily feeling good about it. And uh, it was, it's an interesting album, and it's I think just out an hour an hour. I am interested to listen to more of their stuff. Yeah, bit of Kraftwerk. Have you listened to anything else? Nah, that's about it for me. Well then, (gasps) time for this. Oh, you up for some uh, some games this evening? Yeah, sure. What are you What are you thinking? Well, you remember that thing uh, ages ago with the like the little um, space game? You were like flying around planets and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, and and it was sort of in early access. I remember playing a bunch of it, and I, mean, I played some of it when it was like real early. Yeah, yeah, like you know, I I swear, I I know I said at the time, like I, th- I think it went to early access a bit too early. Yeah, like you could you could technically that all the mechanics worked, but like there was a lot of placeholder stuff, but and the loop was okay, but it it didn't really get keep me hooked after the first week or so, but yeah. Well, I have noticed that like the 1.0 happened recently, and okay. it is currently rated overwhelmingly positive. Okay, okay. And I keep hearing people talking about it, so um, hopefully my my little my little base, yeah, my base is still is still working. Well, let's let's load up your save, see see what happens. Oh wow, that that is mm. that is quite a uh, quite an intro cinematic. They 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 really have put some budget into this, eh? Oh uh-huh, yeah, yeah. I remember when it was basically just 2D and occasionally played... Well, 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 okay, and... Oh, yeah, I can, can load my save in. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Uh, oh, I, I like the loading screen. That's nice. Nice that they've yeah. sort of in- integrated some of that intro cinematic into into this. Yeah. The nebula seems to be like shifting. That's yeah, that's gorgeous. very very. Yeah. <gasps> oh, I like that. That's sort of like like almost like you've just come out of hyperspace into into the. No, I thought this was the loading screen, but um, it we do seem to be sort of floating in sort of three th- D space here. Yeah. E- e- um. Okay. Let's have a um, right. Yep. That's. Oh, I can go in. Oh, hang on. I can. I can step out of the cockpit and just start walking around around this ship. Yeah. Huh. I, I remember this this ship being sort of sort of a white triangle for a while. Yeah. And sort of top down. This is this is very immersive. Uh, this is this sure is this sure is different, huh? Yeah, yeah. Huh. Like, that vending machine is leaking. That's very strange. Okay. Uh, uh, what's what's this over here? Oh, there's like a little captain's computer thing. Oh, that's neat. There's like a whole bunch of like chat logs and, and stuff. Yeah. History stuff. Uh, oh. What's this thing? History. Oh, oh, oh! Wow, huh? Yeah, you know the original top-down two D pixel version. It's a a tiny little game inside. Oh, oh wow, wow! Oh, I don't know if these things are connected, but I'm whew. I'm I'm not ready. I don't. No. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, I I I think we're getting some. Uh, hang on, I'll come out of that. We are being contacted by a race of cats who want us to start shipping scratching posts to their planet, and they heard. I mean, that was just wasn't that just like a joke faction, and they were all just like I'm, they looked kind of like Temmy. I'm so confused. And now they're fully rendered with amazing fur. Uh, I'm not sure I'm ready for this game. No, no. I think people should have rights. Um, well, just to play devil's advocate here. <laughs> oh, oh, how are you? Yeah, hi, lovely to meet you, devil. Um, d- who the fuck are you? Well, you know, I'm uh, Clint. I'm Clint, you know, I'm just having this conversation. If you, move, if you wouldn't mind, you're being terribly rude. No, no, I, I think you wanted to be my advocate? Well, it's just a turn of phrase, isn't it? You know, it's just being devil's advocate. Oh, so what do you mean by that exactly? Well, it's just to take a, a, a different perspective on things, you know, to try and uh, see things from, from, from another point of view so that we can get a more broad spectrum of, of understanding of... Of possible ideas. No, no, it sounds like what you're doing is being a complete bug. See, what you want to do is insert your own bigoted thoughts into this conversation that has nothing to do with you, wouldn't actually affect you personally. You just want to cause harm to people. And... There is only really one moral way to do that, and that is when I'm punishing them, so... 
Why don't you come with me? No! Oh, get off! Get off me! No! Oh! No, I was... I was just... Mm, but, but what if they didn't have rights? Oh. Terribly sorry about this. Anyway, uh, good luck. Oh, thank you. Full support from this side. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors? Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Barry. How are you doing? Oh, I'll, I'll be honest, mate. I'm knackered. You, uh, oh. you, you doing, you doing all right? Uh, same, same. Yeah. Uh, I'm physically knackered, also emotionally. Yeah. It's been yeah. a, it's been a twenty-four hours. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I haven't slept much in the last week, so uh, I mean, have I, have I missed something? Oh, uh, you know the usual. Um, uh, a terrible thing happens right. in the world, but yeah. uh, on this one occasion, it was done by a member of a minority community, right? And therefore, you know, usually it'll all be, you know, any any excuse but to, you know, to pay attention to the terrible thing that happened when it's, yeah. you know, cis straight white Christian men doing it. But the second it's a minority, oh, we got we that. Got that's when the 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 the, the T word starts going around, as opposed to uh, yeah. it, uh, I don't usually just mean troubled. Well, or yeah. usually such a sweet boy. Indeed, indeed. It's uh, you see this a lot with uh, with with school shootings. Uh, whenever yeah. they rear re their head, you get oh troubled troubled young lone wolf. Uh, yeah, yeah, we you know, we should probably look at mental health resources, yeah. but we actually won't. Meanwhile, also yeah. you know, oh, such a such a good boy, yeah. always so quiet, always went to We're, church, helped yeah. out, blah blah Whereas, blah. Whereas you know, if if it's someone just say, the merest speck of melanin, all of a sudden well, they're a terrorist. Yeah, or exactly, a, it's all that's a, person, a gangster. That's a person who who lived in Mexico for a while, so clearly a terrorist shut down the borders. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's that's a Muslim. It's, it's terrorism. And now we've got it with, uh, we're getting the, the terrorism word thrown around for trans people. There's a one shooting done by a trans person. And it's terrible that, that, that whatever yeah. person did whatever crime. But yeah. also, you cannot you cannot look at one member of a minority group doing a crime and describe it to that whole community. Particularly when you do not do that for cis, straight, white, Christian men. Uh, you know, it, it is nothing but bigotry to... Yeah you know, point to an isolated example and suggest that it is indicative of every member of a minority group. Yeah, it's, uh, to be honest, I had been kind of, I, I, I had heard about this, I hadn't read too much into it, I was going to give it at least 48 hours before uh, reading into it, because I figured that was probably the point I would actually start hearing more truth, rather than immediate press outcry from, from you know, the usual array of bigots. Um, especially given the state of uh, the bird site at the moment, um, but yeah, I mean, the, yeah. what I have already gleaned, there's the reaction has been well, this is typical of of what happens with uh, you know uh, this group and, and oh, this yeah, and the other, no. and there, there have one hundred percent been um, like calls for trans people to be legislated out of existence, and the suggestion that. Hormone replacement therapy, HRT for trans people, somehow makes them more likely than the general population to be mass shooters. That's been a weirdly common talking point in right wing politics. Well, especially you know, especially weird considering you know the actual statistics of the in, matter. Indeed, indeed. But uh, you know, anything that someone you know, a group that wants to demonise trans people will find anything they can point to to go. Here's our proof that they're evil. 
yeah, uh, yeah. in a way that they will never do when it is a member of their own group who has done something terrible and go, oh, maybe we are statistically the terrible ones. Yeah. Never, you know, never, but yeah. it is... Ex- or that there are, you know, fundamental societal uh, issues around gun control and, and, well, and yes, uh, mental yes. health and uh, the healthcare system in general. In- indeed, indeed. Oh, it is fucking tiring. It is frustrating and tiring, and especially given the state of things at the moment, it's, uh, you know, if if you do happen to be a trans person, you know, it's uh, exhausting. Uh, you know, we are, you know, are, we weren't hyperbolical when we were talking about it, you know, five years ago. We're, we're even less de- demonstrably not so now when we say that, you know, this is genocide and uh, that uh, they are looking for any excuse to demonise us further. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, my my first concern is uh, with the, the families of those involved, and uh, then once again, anger at the press for uh, any misreporting because I have no doubt that that is happening. Even though, as oh. I say at this point, I haven't. Oh, there has been there I, has I, been so much misreporting. Obviously, I mean, yeah. a, a trans person involved, I'm sure, misgendering was do- you know, done. I, I think the, yeah. the the gender of the person. Has changed since I initially heard about it first thing this morning, and uh, uh, you know, even even the small amounts that I have gleaned, and uh, we've also undoubtedly got calls from all sorts of uh, sides for uh, legislation against trans people as a whole. While also we're getting the thing that we are, you are always told not to do with the mass shooting of pictures of that person naming that person. Uh, or, or even showing footage of it. Uh, you know, my YouTube feed earlier had, you know, six different uh, news sites, because thanks, YouTube, you've, you've then just started going, well, th- there's some news. Would you like video footage of this awful news? Uh, we, we, why is, you know, that is the one thing they always say about, uh, you know, any kind of uh, mass threat, that you don't yeah. do this kind of stuff, because you know, a, lot, a lot of mass... Shooters do want to be, uh, you know, martyred or, or known uh, in some way. A lot of them feeling that it's the only way that they will get any kind of recognition. You know, what is it about, about being infamous if you can't be famous? It's, uh, you know, deeply concerning and, and as, as expected, you know, just terrible reporting. But uh, I'll give it 48 hours and see uh, what sites I actually trust uh, have to say about it. But I mean, um, it's still in the stage right now where it is just rough everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it is. Uh, I am curious to see uh, what's a, a more firm and reasonable and uh, adult reporting on it. It looks starts to look like uh, I, I hope that I am able to find that sooner rather than later, uh, but right now uh, I, I, I it uh, is what I expect it is. I am not confident in that at the moment. It's 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 rough. Yeah. yeah. Hug me. Oh yeah. Ah, good old mate. Good luck. Right, I'm going to have a lie down under a blanket in a dark room. Oh, sounds great. Yeah. 
So, Laura. Yes? Tell us about thing you do. Ah, uh, thing I do can be found at Laura K. Buzz, wherever you happen to find things. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Um, what can you find at the moment? Uh, this week's accessibility episode is about Resident Evil 4 Remake, so you can go check that out when it went up this week. Um, uh, Podquisition, I'm on that. I talk about, vi- I talk about video games. Uh, Dice Funk, it's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Uh, each season's its own self-contained story. Uh, season 10 is the season where I am a player for half of the story arcs and the DM, like, controlling the story for the other half. I'm really uh, enjoying this season. My, my first episode as DM has now gone up and people seem to be enjoying it. I think it's going, yeah, I think it's going well. Come find out the adventures of a bunch of people on an ice cream shaped starship trying to sort interstellar peace. You know, while while also piloting a giant ice cream, it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, Laura K. Buzz, you can find me everywhere. That's, that's where I do the stuff. Got the unified branding. Yeah. What about you? I don't have unified branding. I'm just linkter.ee slash janiac. I've got a link tree. I'm growing from a link tree. It's where all my links bloom and blossom and grow. You can you can pick the fruit of the music I made and and enjoy the shade of the the nice t-shirts that I designed <laughs> and such. And you can find all of my stuff uh, there. You can help me justify all of the time I spend <laughs> making those things at patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. You can join the 29 other people who support me over there. Ooh. You can help me get to 30. You can help me get to 50. Ah. Um, for as little as a dollar a month, you can you can help me justify all my terrible life choices and the, the constant work and the physical pain as a result of that. Woo. <laughs> But, you know, if I get enough support, then I wouldn't have to do one of my jobs. And I could just do the creative stuff, and that would be awesome. Yeah. Help me live this dream. Uh, yeah, and there's all of the things. But Laura, yeah. I think this is enough <gasps> about us, apart from to say that Who Wants the Whalers book we wrote together. You can book- get it at unbound.com slash book slash whale. Yeah. It's really good. It's about the video game industry. And if you like the silly stuff that we do, you will probably enjoy that book. You will enjoy that book. You will enjoy You, you shall book. enjoy the book. <laughs> um, yeah, lots of people have. You could join those people. Yeah. Um, but Laura, will you sing us out, please? <gasps> Until next time, be a stranger. <laughs>